Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. This is the Tuesday edition. Thanks for being with us. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion Howard Cross. And we're here at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, if you'd like to give us a call. We'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football and perhaps a little NFC East as well. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And you can always find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Good morning, Howard. Last night, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles had some trouble at home against the Washington Commanders, and that has left the Eagles just one game ahead of the Giants in the NFC East. It's pretty exciting right now. Yeah, I mean, if you think about that, that's that's exciting. I think that the Giants are really concerned about their day-to-day stuff. They can't really look too far ahead because after this week, they will be in the mix of the uh, NFC East games. Four games straight <laughs> yeah. within the division, by Absolutely. the way. So the Detroit Lions come in Sunday to MetLife Stadium, and I guess before we talk about that, though, I do want to address something you just alluded to in terms of keeping your mind and your focus on what it is that you have to do. You know how the media is, Howard, and they're going to constantly pepper this coach and these players with playoff picture. We've already heard it over the last couple of weeks, and Mm -hmm. it's going to continue to increase. How difficult is it, do you believe, for this coaching staff and these players in this locker room to maintain that focus and that day-to-day mentality when they know they're getting crushed from outside with all the playoff possibilities. I've been in the New York media, I guess, the entire time, and I've always said the same thing. I got it from the coaches. Like, hey, look, they want to talk about things that don't exist. And if you you realize that, then you'll be able to handle it. Talk about things that don't exist. Playoff picture. If the season ended today, the season's not going to end today. You're going to play all the games. So that's that doesn't exist. If, there's a lot of ifs. Anytime someone says if, it doesn't exist. Only thing you can handle is what's in front of you. And you can't get involved with and can't can't entertain. And, and I've heard things like, oh, we have a right to talk about this. I'm like, you have any right you want. You can talk about whatever you like. I said, but it doesn't exist. <laughs> if you know, And if you know it doesn't exist, then you can focus on, like, you got to focus on Detroit Lions who could score... 35, 42 points in a game. They may not be able to stop anybody, but they score a lot of points. You can't be looking at, oh, one of them we play Washington. How are we going to do against them? We hit them twice, and oh, we got to play the Cowboys again. And like, yeah, you got to play Detroit. And if you don't beat Detroit, you know, you get further and further away from that ultimate goal you have. You put goals up at the beginning of the year. You say, I'd like to have a chance to win this many games. I have a chance to get into the playoffs. I have a chance to maybe get to a championship game or a Super Bowl, the Giants are a year, maybe more, ahead of schedule. Right. With the way they're playing. Can't get off track. You got to go, what's what's next? What's more important? Uh, playoffs in, in, what, seven weeks? Or winning this next game? I'd say it's winning this next game. They got a bunch of one-game seasons in front of them. Now, of course, we all are aware, because Coach uh, Dable was asked about it yesterday, how do you deal with the fact that after this Sunday's game, you've got the short week on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where you have to travel down to Dallas? Yeah. He said that he will have his staff working overtime beginning on Friday. 
to start preparations for the Cowboys because you have to. You can't wait until Monday morning to start worrying about Dallas. Well, there, there's two things there that you have to think about, and, and you know, it's all coaching staffs, right? So here's how it works. The coaching staff is with the day-to-day players and doing things. They're going over the information. There's another group of coaching staff that's going over games. They're usually one to two games ahead. So they are preparing stuff for you and going through the tendencies and pulling stuff together for you to watch film on it so you can start developing your game plan for it. Uh, And again, they're two weeks ahead of what's what's going on on the field. So they're they're guys already. They've already gave them the tapes. They've already got the stuff together. The the overtime part of it is just that you got to study twice. You got to finish your game preparation. After you finish your game preparation, then you got to take some time to look at what you're going to have to do the following week. Now, the players don't do that. But they the, can't. But the coaches do that. And so it's it's a lot of work for coaches at this time of year. Now, you've been on some teams that were younger and mm-hmm. some teams that were also older. Is it easier or harder? And does it make a difference if it's an older team or a younger locker room as to how you mentally approach this scenario that you're talking about? It, it all depends on, like I said, if you know that you can only deal with what's in front of you that day, then you it, nothing matters. If you start going, oh my God, we got to play a game in the, on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, we're gonna have such a short week. It then it matters. It doesn't really matter to players. So Sunday, if the game's at one at four thirty-two, when they're sitting in the locker room with the coach, and either they're cheering or they're doing whatever, when he starts to say, "Listen, we got a short week. Here's what we're gonna start doing," and people take tapes home that day, or not tapes anymore. They take their <laughs> take their laptops <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. They take their they take their <laughs> Their, their iPads or whatever home that day, and they start looking at their Microsoft, Microsoft tablets to make sure you get the right right group in, uh, and they start doing the work that day. You can't think that far ahead. The problem that they're going to have if you're a young team is, hey, we're, you know, you're not used to being away from your family. If you're an older team, then you're probably, oh, it's a short week. I'm going to be tired. So it's like it, those are the two things that they're, they'll they'll deal with as far as the opponent and everything else. Dallas has a short week. Only difference is Dallas is at home. Yes. So their short week is they get one extra day of study where the Giants are traveling that day. Good for the Giants to be home this weekend, by the way. So Mm -hmm. they're not coming back from a road trip and then having to go on a second road trip on a short week. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. Again, can't speak for the guys that are playing today. Can't speak for how everybody's going to look at it. I just know that the way that we've always, that we responded to it in the past when I was here and everything was that, hey, deal with us in front of you only. And that's the only way to get through it. If you look past this moment, mm-hmm. there's no telling what could sneak up on you, what could happen. All right, our phone number is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513 if you'd like to give us a call and talk New York Giants football. Howard, uh, let's briefly, before we start looking at the Lions, I do mm-hmm. want to get one quick overview of your thoughts on this past weekend's game against a challenged Houston Texans team. But again, the Giants did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball incredibly well mm-hmm. behind uh, dominating the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and defensively also did a nice job on the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And that's what good teams have to do. You do what's expected of you and move on. I think they did a good job. I think they had a couple like little hiccups, like a couple penalties, uh, like false starts and stuff to kind of set them back. If not, it would have been like maybe two or three more touchdowns scored. I thought the thing that I thought was most impressive about the offense, and then you know you can say a lot of different things, but the thing I thought was most impressive about the offense was Daniel not having to run half of the time to mm-hmm. try to keep your things going. Uh, he he faked out a few times to see if they were following him. He faked out a few times to see if they were keeping up to him. He just kept giving the ball to Saquon, and Saquon was like, "Hey, I got it." Like they were, you know, keeping the spacing proper to try to keep Daniel contained. And then when you do that, you don't contain the back. So it kind of worked out. It was two yards. It was three yards. Up, oh, it's fifteen. Two yards, three yards. Up, oh, there's sixteen. So like that that kind of thing kind of happens to you when you're doing that. So you, you win some, you lose some. Defensively. Outside of the one play where where the, where the running back got loose, forty four yards for Pierce. They they shut him down. They they, did. Re- they really did shut him down. Kept him out. The red zone defense has really been really been really good. Uh, I think that you know they they're confusing guys in the sec- when they're the way the secondary is playing. They're getting confused. Uh, hats off to Julian Love. Uh, excellent job calling that defense and mm-hmm. keeping guys in place. Uh, I know he's wearing the green dot back there. Uh, you can't can't expect much more than that. And special teams, you know. For the most part, 
it wasn't a disaster or anything like that. Uh, but I think they did a good job. They made some plays. Um, they may, maybe had one mistake, not nothing major, but you know, and that's just because trying to punt it in a, on a short field is kind of hard trying to get it inside the five and everything. But especially when you don't have Jeff Eagles anymore. Well, you know, <laughs> I still understand it has nothing to do with our punter or, or anything. But I look around the league and nobody punts the ball to the sideline. The coffin corner is gone. That's a lost art. I you just, know, Dave Jennings was yeah. one of the best of all time, and I, he did that for so many years here. I just don't, you know, I, I don't even see it in college. I, like, I watch a yeah. lot of games. Well, I'm it's like, all that rugby kick and all that other stuff yeah, that they're but doing. You can't the rugby, pooches you and everything can't else. You can't rugby it to the sideline? I know. I know. <laughs> like, so I'm, like, you know? I'm just like, I'm like, wow, like, that's, that's great. There's this spinning backwards, and I'm like looking at him like, that's in the middle of the field. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, that, that ain't, I can't punt. I couldn't kick if I wanted to. So it, I, I expect them to be all right. It, I got figure it out. 201-939-4513. On line one, we have Andrew in Washington, D.C. And you're first on today's program. Hello. Hey, everyone. Uh, second generation Giants fan. Big fan of you guys. Uh, Y'all do a great job. Thank you, thank you. Howard, for talking. Thank you for talking about the social teams. I did have a question. I know, Paul, you, I just, uh, like, Oh, you better go so to a spot and stand still. In a big game. You got to yeah, go to a losing, spot. Yeah, we're losing you a little bit. I think your get, cell phone's got some poor signal still, going though. on right there. Can you try to I'm find a better, better step space? Out, step out of the Capitol building so we can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Try it again, Andrew. That might be better. There you go. Yeah, I just I'd hate to think uh, of special teams play later in the season bites us, um, especially with the kickoff that happened last week and the punts and some of the other things throughout the season, which – Happy to take your answer offline, but, uh, you know, just how do we clean up the special team stuff? Well, I know the coach is good, but I uh, just want to sharpen that up. Thank you, guys. Okay, th- thank you for the call. Before you answer, Howard, let me throw on an additional question. Mm-mm. We know that Richie James had some trouble with the two fumbles uh, on the punts in Seattle. Then this past week, Adore Jackson handled the punts until the last opportunity, and Richie James was back out there. Mm-hmm. How does this situation resolve itself moving forward? Well, first off, you know, we'll, we'll address the kickoffs. The kickoffs is a weird thing because they're trying to pooch kick it a little bit, keep it out of the end zone, and try to tackle the guys inside the uh, 20. Right. Uh, I don't believe in that, personally. I believe kick it deep, make it a touchback, start on 25, go from there. I think uh, for for everybody who's listening, special teams is is a product of your depth on your team. Uh, if your team isn't your special teams isn't made up of starters, uh, and they got some starters on, but if it's not made up of mostly of starters, then you know you don't have the greatest, fastest, biggest, whatever guys running down and covering and blocking and everything, and it, it will show eventually. Uh, in college, a lot of teams dedicate starters to their special teams and they have over 100 players but they have starters on the special mm-hmm. teams so it kind of should trickle into the nfl but a lot of guys don't want to do it a lot of guys are like you know let him do it he's a young guy he can get it done so that that little spot that you leave like i played 13 years for the giants i played on special teams all 13 years mm-hmm. when carl banks was here carl banks was a star pro bowler he played on special teams the whole time jesse armstead Special teams the whole time. So Lawrence Taylor did some of yeah, it too now. Yeah, so you have to like do that if you want to be special. As far as the punt return thing goes and how they're going to handle that, no earthly idea. I know James had a couple couple mishaps, and it wasn't like he was not catching the ball. He just didn't secure it. And he didn't when he didn't secure it and got hit. He got the ball got knocked out. And one time he got knocked out. So you got to be careful with that. So now there's a you know. He used to back there to catch that one just because, so, hey, look, it's a fair catch. Catch it. Do not run. Right. Because you just came back from a concussion. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything to do with that. And Jackson is not going to be – he's not going to be running the ball unless it's like a clear alley or something because he's our starting cornerback. We need him. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, he made clear yesterday to the media when they asked him about returning the punts mm-hmm. in addition to being the number one corner on the team. And he said, look, my job back there is not to do anything fancy and not to try to force anything. Just catch the ball, take what's there, and that's it. Yeah, it's not like it's – if you're a returner, which they're – you know, that's a lost art. When you're a returner, you can do special things. Like, like there are a few guys like McConkie and Maggot left in the world. Uh, there, there were some great returners like the Mitchell down in, in Washington for a while – you could see guys that's what they're told. Kixon was good here for a few Dominic years. Kixon had a couple, couple and so was Dwayne Harris. Yeah, and I think I think Tiki had a couple couple of good returns. 
but you got to be a returner. That's got to be your main gig. Mm-hmm. And when you got something else to do, it's kind of hard to be a returner. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. On line two, we go to John from Cape Cod. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, Howard. How are you today? Very good. To good talk very to good. You. Always a pleasure. Love the show. Listen, two two points. Do you think that they'll continue to use Dory Jackson for returns? Seems, I know they're in a bind, but it's awful dangerous using a corner that big for for returns. Well, I will say this to you, and Howard's already addressed this on the previous couple of minutes of the program. During practice out, out here during the week, uh, Darnay Holmes does it. Mm-hmm. So does uh, uh, Richie James. Starting slot corner. Mm-hmm. So does uh, Slayton. Slayton also does some of that during the course of the week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so does Richie James. And those are the guys that, that take punt returns during practice. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the guys who are the options for the coaching staff. Whether or not they make a change, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Pimpleton also the, from the practice squad is another guy who we've also seen return punts during practice. But I, I suspect that the choices are going to come from those names. Uh, how about Brightwell? Can he can he return punts? He's a kickoff guy. He's not a punt return guy. Okay, so punt, punts are different guys. They what, are. Explain yeah, that to them, okay, why so, it's different. And now. by the way, why can't Wanda Robinson do it? I'm surprised they don't have him catch some of those. I feel John, like he'd be did, good at did that. He, did we he do it in college? That. Yeah, didn't he want to do punts in college? I, I know he did. I, I don't think he did. I thought he did look, kickoffs. Look, 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 kick, I will double check that. Look, punts, punts are different. Everybody has to realize that the punt is usually spinning like a pass that's being kicked. A right-footed guy has a right has a right spin on it. A left-footed kicker has a left left-footed spin on it. And these uh, the Australian rules footballs guys they, they wobble the ball in the air. So punts are also hit in a direction where they're, they're just nose up, nose down. Usually they're, that, mm-hmm. that's the hard thing about them. And when they come down, they come down like a, like the tip of the ball's coming down towards your stomach. So you have to really have your arms and hands kind of coordinated to stop the ball from going through your arms to catch it. It's a different skill set. It's a huge skill set. Robinson had six punt returns in his final year at Kentucky. Yeah. And, and 11 that's kickoff not, returns not really, in his first year at Nebraska. Yeah, that's, so that's not a lot of It's history. a small sample size. Well, remember, you don't really get another thing. You guys mentioned college, right? You don't really get punt returns in college anymore because the guy holds the ball so long before he does the, the silly, like, sideways rugby <laughs> thing that usually, I mean, I'm almost every, although seriously, almost every, I mean, college, Howard, you you watch more college football than I do. Every punt's basically a fair catch now, right? No, no, not in college. No, they, they uh, teams like especially SEC, they run the guys off the off the spot. They're trying to when they're doing the rugby kicks now in college, especially uh, in college, they're trying their best to to stretch the coverage, or uh, they're trying their best to stretch the protection. So they're running to the side right. to try to make everybody move. Then they try to kick it back across, and they send the players that direction to take the angles off the blockers so they can get to them. If the player, if someone gets blocked. It's a touchdown. It, I, it's not even, it's not even close. It's, it's just a touchdown. So, John, that's all we got mm-hmm. for you. I will say this. Uh, as Howard just okay. described, it's a different skill set. So if you're not practicing it, yeah. you're not going to see the guy go out there cold. And as far as Jackson goes, like he's not going to return it, just so you understand. He, it, he'll return it if they, have a, if, he have, if they have a full-on return on. A full-on return would be two guys doubling the gunners on both sides. And then they're blocking the people in the middle. Uh, they're trying. Okay, I, they they don't really do that anymore because if you take two guys and put them on the return guys, I mean the, the the gunners, the the guys who are punting are like, okay, we can block this up and we can get a first down. So it's a hard thing to do. Thank you so yeah, much I for the call, John. I came in a little late on the show. Oh, that's okay. Busy. Oh, that's last, fine. Last a uh, last last comment on that. I. Personal bias, but you know, send send Jeff Beagle's a, a email and tell him to report to the Giants. I like the directional kickers, and I'm not crazy <laughs> about the, the way. You know, it may have been an off day, but the the punting the punting just kept them in the hole for a long time. And if you notice, the guy on the other side was pinning them inside the ten time after time. Yeah, field position, thank you so much for the call, John. Field position is such an important weapon. And, you know, Jennings was the best at it for so many years here. 
Obviously, Steve Weatherford had done a little bit of that too after Le- Jeff Fiegel. Landetta did. Landetta was more of a, a boomer. He was a boomer, but he could kick you it know. to the corner. He could. He I, didn't I, like to. I covered. <laughs> he a, wanted. He I wanted co- a boomer. I too covered much. a lot of his punts. See, there was a lot of punts we downed in the corner. So, how many punts would Jeff Fiegel's last before he'd have to limp off the field if you put him out there? Uh, he wouldn't last one. <laughs> so he, he'd do one and then it'd be done. After that, then we'd be getting traction and. You know. <laughs> I think these days he'd probably want to punt the ball with his golf club. Oh my god. He, I don't. I don't think your body, your body doesn't save any of that kind of dexterity after after so long. Hey, folks! Make sure you subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. It features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysis uh, analysts, I should say, like Howard Cross. Mm-hmm. He did last weekend's uh, an episode midweek f- uh, featuring an interview with a national analyst, then a game preview featuring a long form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit down with Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Uh, search for the Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform, or listen to the Giants app, or at giants.com/podcasts, and don't. Don't forget, now this weekend, the Giants are home again uh, at MetLife Stadium on November 20th. They'll be playing the Detroit Lions. Limited tickets are available. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat today. And finally, folks, remember, the Giants' official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free and on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bob kids megan trainer fistle pluma sarah mclaughlin get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just 25 dollars until now through may 14th Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We go back to the phone lines where Ben from Morristown is on line one. Hello, you're on the program. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, you too. A little worried about the Detroit Lions passing offense. They're not as bad as, as you think. If you look at it from a yards per completion perspective, they're sixth in the league behind Miami, Buffalo, San Fran, Philly, and KC. So uh, there's, there's uh, some, some danger there, especially on, uh, on the heels of how we gave up big plays against Houston. So I'm a little worried. I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. And, and surprisingly, like we're only favored by three at home against, against Detroit. So wonder what your feedback is against uh, how you think we're going to do it against their passing offense. Well, the passing offense, you have to think of it like this. The passing offense wasn't uh, – defense, I should say, it wasn't bad. It, it just was when you have a lead late in the game, you start doing a little bit of a prevent defense uh, where you're giving up plays just to keep the clock kind of running. You're trying to keep guys in the middle of the field. That's what you're looking at. You're not looking at them blitzing and, and causing turnovers and causing sacks like they were doing earlier in the game. You're just like trying to, okay, we have a lead. Let's try to keep them in the middle of the field. Let's try to keep the clock moving. Let's try to get through the game. But, it, you know, this is one of the first times in about three years I watched the game and no one left on a cart. No one was helped off the field. No one, I mean, either sideline. So I was like, that was impressive. So like at that moment, when you're watching that happen, they're, they're, they're protecting the – they're trying to protect the lead, and they're trying to protect players. And the other team's just trying to, okay, we're going to try to get little gaps, little gaps, we're going to get little gaps. Let's try to get close enough to score. And you saw when it got down to the red area, it was just a punt, I mean, a, or, or a field goal, and they had to start over again. So they weren't just throwing away plays. So coming into this game, playing against Detroit, you're going to look at a totally different thing early in the game because it's not going to be – a, a two-touchdown lead or a two-score two lead. So they're going to be going after him the entire time. Yeah, the Lions are averaging 24 points a game this season, which uh, is actually 24th, believe it or not, in the NFL. But the thing about them is they've had uh, three games so far this year, actually four games, where they've scored more than 30 points mm-hmm. on a given Sunday. So they do have some weaponry, although they are a bit banged up. The point is they're not nearly as offensively challenged as Houston is. No, they're not offensively challenged, and I, and I get that. I think people, like I said, look at how the Giants are playing defense, you know, quarter one through quarter three, and then if it's quarter four, if they're, like, behind, they look a certain way, and if they're ahead, they're going to look a certain way. That's what every team in the league is kind of doing. If you keep con- constantly pressuring and trying to get there, you stand at these, which I don't understand this at all with any team, but if you keep pressuring, 
Yeah, you can get there, and you can also give up a big play. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's about game flow, Howard. Yeah, you're trying to stop it and keep it in front of you, stop it, keep it in front of you, stop it, keep it in front of you. It doesn't always look pretty. Uh, you, they get some garbage yards at the end of games, but that's part of it. Just for uh, posterity's sake, the uh, Lions rank eighth in the NFL in yards passing per game at 240 uh, passing yards per game with Jared Goff, who, by the way, has thrown at least one interception in six games so far this year. So he does have a certain propensity to turning the ball over. Yeah, quarterback that went to the Super Bowl, though. Yes, he did. Yeah. We go back to the phone lines. And uh, Doug from Glen Falls, you're on line two. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Doug, Doug, are you there? Hello, Doug. I don't think. I think he has decided to <laughs> vacate the phone. Or else he's like, you know, he's Hello. there. there you he Did you have mute? The, the mute button was on your phone. Is that what happened? What's that? Go ahead, Doug. I'm sorry. You, you have a point. Oh, okay. I was, I was just going to make some comments or ask about the games. I guess I guess what Galladay didn't do yesterday, obviously was eye-opening. And that new kid, that he was from Buffalo, right? That Isaiah, Isaiah Hutchins. Kid, yeah. Didn't he make two or three plays? He had two and he catches. he didn't drop a ball that, that Danny Dimes threw to him? That's right. So what your, your comment is? You want to play him over Galladay, who, by the way, that's what they did in the second half of the game the other day. So yeah, you just you want to continue that is what your point is. Yeah. Yeah, I think Galladay, Galladay bent down. All right. Doug, I tell you what. Let me let me build off of your point because it's certainly one that needs to be raised. It's It's an issue right now for this team. But let me phrase the question this way to you, Howard, because I think it's a more appropriate inquiry. Kenny Galladay obviously has tools and skills. He put up back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in this league once before. And when they brought him here, they paid him as a number one wide receiver because they knew of his talent and abilities. For whatever the reason, some injuries, maybe some psychological, maybe some emotional, it has never worked out for him in his year and a half with the Giants. Obviously dropped that pass and got booed by the home fans the other day and then did not play in the second half. I've set this all up because the question to you is now, how much can they salvage out of Kenny Galladay and certainly playing the Detroit Lions this week, a team where he had immense success, I would have to believe that every ounce of fiber in his body is going to be geared up to try to play against Detroit. If there's ever a game where he's going to turn it around, I would have to believe this is the one. I think there's a lot of factors in here that I don't think anybody's like really paying attention to. One is I think that he's pressing because he knows that he wants to play and he's he's trying to get every get every opportunity he can. Factor number two, the offense isn't designed that way. The offense isn't designed to go to one guy to give one guy more than four or five hits at best during the game. It's just not designed that way. Mm-hmm. The, it's spread out. A lot of different people touch the ball. If when you get your opportunity, you have to make the most of it. Take advantage of what you, you get. You have to make the most of it. It's not always going to happen. And you're, you're, you know, everybody drops passes for for that's for for the fans out there that are listening. I think the factor number three, and probably the biggest factor in the entire thing, is that even the coaches hear boos when they're on the sideline. So when all you guys are booing and the players are getting booed and all this stuff, it's all a factor in what's going on. Now, I, if that's me, I'm like, I need to get back in the game now. I need to get back in the game now. I'm like, well, we're not running those plays probably anymore. Well, let me go in and block somebody. Let me go do something. You'd be begging on the sideline to get in. I don't know. And you can't get back in. So for me, I think Galladay is going to be fine. I think, that, I think that it's a new system, a new everything. I think your expectations of him have to be changed. The regime that's here now didn't bring him here. The regime that's here now didn't don't didn't view him as the number one player or the number one receiver. He's just another player on the team. So Kenny's got to figure out how to fit in as another player on the team and not be quote unquote the star number one must go to guy because that's not who he is in this in this program and in this team. And once you figure that out, you can be productive. But until you figure that out, if you're listening to everybody, like I said. You can't fix what you don't know, right? You can't look ahead and say, I want this to happen. You got to be able to deal with what's going on now. He had one play in the game where the ball was a little bit outside of his reach, 
And one play he missed when he was wide open. There was, oh my God, he's wide open. The ball looks like it's floating forever when you're wide open. When you make that turn and you look and you see no one in front of you, no one around you, then you turn back and look that at the That could be uncomfortable, can it? It looks like that ball's like, deep, deep, deep. You can hear it. Your heart's beating. You're like, please, God, let it get here. It's like, if I catch this, I'm going to get 60 yards. And you start thinking that way, and the ball's not even. You got like 19 thoughts. Before. It's kind of like a golf swing. When you pull mm-hmm. it back, you got every great intention. And as the club goes down, I hope I don't do this. I hope I don't slice it. I hope I don't miss it. I hope I don't dribble it. And that's in the half a second before you take your swing. Same thing with a pass. Now, we have other calls on hold, so mm-hmm. I want to make this one real quick, but I think it's an appropriate follow-up at this point in our conversation. Darius Slayton came back from the abyss when yeah. everybody outside the building said they should trade him, get rid of him, he's worthless, blah, 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 blah. He put his head down. He was a pro's pro, did his work, did his preparation, and then all of a sudden, about a month ago, he became more important to this offense again, got, and just, now he's producing. So you can come back it, from the black hole. It's not again. Kenny Galladay is not in a black hole. There's just a lot of players that are getting opportunities on the team. Whenever you get your opportunity, you have to make it make the best. Which of Slayton it. is doing. Yeah, but Slayton didn't get any opportunities at the beginning of the year. Right. He couldn't even get on the field. But had he had he checked injuries, out mentally injuries. Had he checked out it, mentally it, though, Howard, it. it would have been it yeah, would have been another keep, story. Keep grinding, keep grinding. You got to do yeah. it. Yeah, but I think the coaching staff that they have today, uh, Dave, all these guys are very good at keeping guys engaged. Huh? And I think I think Kenny's engaged as well. I see Kenny working. He does work hard. Yeah, he's grinding. We watch him at practice all yeah. the time, so, and he does work. Just gonna be that. That moment when he gets that couple opportunities hit, okay. hit right, that's going to happen. Back to the phones. Line one has Pedro from Pennsylvania. You're next up, BBKL. Hello. What's up, Pedro? Hello. How are you guys? We're good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, had a good weekend. My son won uh, his championship football game. Oh, nice. Congrats. I coach him as well. It was a good weekend. Good weekend. Um, first question is, what do you guys think about the division now since Philly lost showed a little bit of their weaknesses do you think that we have a, a shot at, at that if we continue to play smash mouth football Pedro I'm going to help you out here before Howard like puts a frying pan smashing into your skull <laughs> no, no. Uh, no no I'm being I'm being I'm being funny but the truth is as we discussed in the first half hour of the program you cannot be thinking about that P word right now. That that is not a good word. Playoffs. Playoffs, playoffs should not be discussed. We talking First playoffs. place should not be discussed. Uh, no. I mean, it is what it is. You can look at it in black and white in the paper or on the screen of your standings on your internet site if you like to. But they got to keep that word out of the locker room. Yeah, it's, it's like spending money you don't have. <laughs> like I'm, I'm getting paid on this, and like it just never comes in. You shouldn't spend it. Don't spend money you don't have. You know, yep. that's that's a and dangerous no, no. way to think. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, then also, I've I seen Dable screaming at the, one of the players on the sideline. I couldn't remember who it was. It was um, Anderson, the uh, offensive lineman who had, had a, uh, a, a motion, motion penalty, a false start penalty, which cost them five yards and an opportunity at going for a fourth and short. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because that, that just brings back memories of me in the game, but of, my, my son is uh, a guard, a guard in a nose tackle, and just yelling at him, making sure that he gets into his spots and, and not going offside or anything like that. Bring back memory of me coaching him, and it was, it was kind of funny. It's a teaching moment. It, it is, but, yep. you, but but for everybody who's listening, when, when uh, we have uh, Gates and two other young men that are playing, playing tight end and fullback that are offensive linemen, if you line them up in stationary positions and, and call the play and snap it, they're going to do very well. When you start putting them in motion and shifting them. <laughs> Out of their element. It's, you know, I'm sure they can do it. I know they can do it. But, like, that little jog across the field, like, you got a lot going. Like, oh, am I looking good? I hope I ain't bouncing too much when I jog. <laughs> All kinds of stuff yep. could be happening. <laughs> so, like, I think that I think that kind of, you know, got over, got set. <sighs> Ready. What's the snap count? <laughs> like it's a lot of stuff that happens in those few steps you take across the field. So that, that, I think that kind of got him. And coach, like, you can't do that. What is wrong with you? He's like, yes, sir. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. 
<laughs> and to Dable's credit, when he explained to the media yesterday, you know, they quizzed him about that whole scenario, which got caught on camera yeah. on Sunday. And he goes, look, I get it. I'm an emotional guy. I wear it on my sleeve. I'm honest with the players. But I always go back to them afterwards and apologize. Listen, yeah. we're way too soft in this world. Like, if you're doing something wrong, someone should tell you you're doing something wrong, and it should be okay. Like I said, you, oh. you, it's like the America, the America loves hot dogs. Nobody wants to see how they're made. Should we get little Howard on the phone right now <laughs> uh, and get his reaction to what you just said? Yeah, little Howard will tell you like everybody, <laughs> hey, everybody loves hot dogs. Nobody wants to see how they're made. You know, you, you, we show it. We try to show every second, every detail of everything, and we want people to emulate it. Uh, little kids need love and support. Big kids need to be instructed. Grown men need to do their jobs. So that's yep. kind of how the view of go. it is, and and. and you know, so I don't want to confuse it for people who are listening and parents and stuff and coaches of young kids. Kids need love and support to make sure they're having as much fun as possible so they enjoy the game, so they'll go on and try to play the game at the next level in high school so you can populate those teams and stuff. And if, if someone has some ability, maybe they'll get a chance to play in college. They'll get to populate those teams. And then if they're very, very blessed, they'll get to play in the pros. But it's a it's not a sieve. It's a it's a it's a little funnel. It's a big top where a lot of people are active, and a little drip at the bottom. So to get to that drip yep. is really hard. Thanks for the call. Yeah, no, I, oh, go ahead. Thank you. No, right. I was gonna say I, I agree with with the the kids. I, I think they have to learn the right way as well, and and sometimes a little bit of tough love sometimes go a long way. <laughs> Appreciate the phone call, my friend. Call again. Thank you so much. 201-939-4513. Yes, Howard. So, again, with kids, and I didn't want to say anything to the dad and everything that's coaching the son and everything, there is no such thing as tough love when you're coaching kids, just so you understand that. I mean, you want them to do it. You can be very uh, instructional, but you have to be extremely smart at teaching children. And the greatest example I'll give is that for half of a season, I listen to coaches scream at these kids, you can't give up contain. You can't give up containing. People would run outside every game. So after practice one day, I had all the kids stand in front of me, and I looked at the coach, and I said, Coach, do you know what the word contains means? He says, yes. Don't say anything, Coach. Ask the kids. Not one kid knew. Oh, my. They had no clue. Because they weren't taught. The word contain, it means container. They're like, what? It's like a cup. You don't let water outside of it, do you? They're like, oh. We're not and, giving up that coach's name, folks, okay? We're not. Yeah, but, but, but for the rest of the season, they figured it out. So when you're helping kids, you have to be a great teacher. That's not tough love. You just got to be able to teach them. They'll, they want to do it. And if they don't want to do it, you got to make sure they're having fun so they're there. All the more reason why it's so important for a good head coach to have a really good coaching staff with him. Yeah, but because if you don't have a good coaching staff, that's like having a soup without <laughs> good broth and chicken and all that other stuff in it because it it rings hollow. You need a really good staff to support that coach. That's why I tell everybody who will listen, I said, this is one of the most incredible staffs I've ever seen. And it's a terrific and staff. Coach. They, they have, really are. They have taught these guys, and they their guys are having fun, but they've taught these guys how to play. Tough love aside, <laughs> it's teaching. Everything's a teaching moment. And can't say uh, enough about how Brian Dable and Joe Shane have both praised this mm. staff. Yeah. Guys like Bobby Johnson on the offensive line and mm. Tony Soprano, who uh, Tony Sperano, Soprano. Sperano, who's hey, helping him. At the bottom, bing. What's who's going helping on? helping him on the offensive line. And Jerome Henderson, Saints who's done Newark. a great job with the defensive backs. Yeah, well, you know, hey, look, I'm a Jersey Italian. What do you expect? Oh you knew goodness. that was going to slip at one point That's or another. So Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, let's go back to the phones. I believe Abdul from Minnesota. Well, we're going to play the Vikings at one point this year. Yeah. He's on line two. You're next up, Big Blue Kickoff yeah. Live. Hey, how we doing? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually going, I'm going, to that, I'm going to that game. On, uh, it's on Christmas Eve. Cool. So, anyway, um, uh, why I'm calling is uh, 
the, the one the one concern I do have, and I think it, this might have been uh, spoken about already. I do apologize if I'm repeating um, something, but is the um, it's the lack of passing that's going on in this offense. Because I do believe they're going to have to pass eventually this season. I think beginning next week, because I think Detroit can score some points. And this question is to Howard: um, yeah. Can you just jumpstart a passing game without practicing it and then using it, you know, a lot? Like he could keep suddenly go from, you know running it 45 times to suddenly um, relying on a passing game just by turning on a switch? Or do you think it has to be practiced more, used more? Because I think that they're, you know, they've gone almost – I understand why they want to be a run-heavy offense. They should be a run-heavy offense. But they need a little more balance. Can you just flick that switch and have a competent passing game that quickly? Or, or, or is it asking a little too much? I think that people are, are confused about what offense should look like. I think that the whole passing game thing has become this. Uh, we've been beaten down with the media telling us that how many yards we should be getting, which quarterback, which fantasy numbers are, are best. Uh, if you have a dominant running game, you win games. Running games travel everywhere. Uh, play action is incredible off of it. And for most of the teams, for most of the best teams in the league, and most of the best quarterbacks, when they have a running game, and if you listen, everybody talks about it, then they're playing better. So what you've seen is that down in Tampa, the the Tampa Bay Bucks don't have a running game. They're struggling. You saw the other night Dallas played whoever, Green Bay, and Dallas has a great running game. They don't run the ball. They throw the ball like 50 times, and the quarterback who's a two-time MVP throws the ball like 19 times. Green Bay wins. So you, you the, the the game is not designed for one side of the ball to be greater than the other or for there to be such huge balance. If you're having success running the ball, you one, you eat up a lot of clock. Uh, the other team is not on the field. If, you, if you're successful running the ball and you run it in and you score, now they have to score immediately. And if they're throwing the ball, one drop pass, one tip ball, one sack mm-hmm. takes them out of everything. So every time you get back in and you're squeezing the air out of the ball, the other team is pressed and stressed to, to try to keep up and to get you out of that mode. When you're out of that mode and you have to throw the ball, that's almost desperate times. Yeah. That's how I view it. Only teams like Kansas City, because it's Patrick Mahomes and that and those 3,000 receivers he has down there and, and, <laughs> and 17 tight ends and, and I don't know how many players he got. Even some of the officials are catching passes. Or Miami with Tyreek Hill and, and Waddle, the two fastest receivers in the league, and now a running back that was a track star as well. Doing it like Only teams like that are like prone to passing and doing stuff. You saw Josh Allen, who's supposed to be the league MVP, throw interceptions in the red zone. Run right. the ball, play no, I, great I, defense. I, would, I, I, I agree with the uh, the running heavy running team. I'm just concerned that if the Giants suddenly start ha- just by necessity start having to, have to pass more, just by the way the game is going, if we're able to do that, just by, by flipping a switch, I do want to keep running the ball. I think yeah. that that's our strength. Yeah, that, but the, that, strength. that's going to develop but the passing the, game. The drop, the drop back pass mm-hmm. is very. The drop yeah. back pass is tough, especially in the in the next four weeks where we're where the where the Giants are going to be playing here, Washington and Philadelphia because it's going to be cold. The wind's going to be blowing. The drop back pass will be be there, but it's going to be a little tougher to do. Abdul, thanks so much for the call. Okay. Some NFL news as NFL Network over the last ten minutes has uh, released to us. Uh-oh. Dallas Goddard, the tight end for the Eagles, is going to miss an extended period of time after getting hurt in the game last night. Wow. It doesn't say how many weeks, but they say he will miss an extended period of time. We'll Washington him. apparently today, Ron Rivera now saying he's not decided on who his new starting quarterback will be. Heineke and Wentz are both under consideration, but he has not decided it's who Heineke. is going to be the guy this upcoming weekend. He's a smart guy. It's Heineke. <laughs> they play the Giants, by the way, in a couple of weeks. It's Heineke. It's Heineke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's, just, the, he's just saying that to be coy. Okay. It's Heineke. And the other item uh, that NFL Network also uh, has uh, informed us about is that Cooper Cup is now on injury reserve with uh, surgery on his ankle, and so the Rams will not be having him back anytime soon. They didn't need him back anyway. They weren't going to win any more games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, let, they let too many people out of the building. All right. We go back to the phones at 201-939-4513. Wilson from New Jersey is on line one. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Hi, hey, Paul. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember me, but I said to you, I called you and I said, "Why is Joe Shane talking about the future where you're six and two? And now, after watching the game last week and the Giants are seven and two, listen, I know you're gonna I know you're gonna hate what I'm what I'm gonna say, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Joe Shane, I think, has robbed us Giants fans of a potential magical season because. He, he, I don't know, everybody makes moves in the NFL. I don't know if he, he didn't want to make a move because he said of a second round pick or whatever. Because eventually, eventually, if you keep this, this practice squad receivers, it's going to catch up to the Giants. And it could have been a magical season. And we, he couldn't worry about 2023 when 2023 came along. Because you cannot, eventually, you won't be able to run 50 times a day. Okay. Before you go any further, hold on, hold on. I'll let you finish. But before you go any further, to suggest that they've been robbed of a magical season basically says that you're not having any fun with the magic that they've produced so far to get to 72. I am having. You are having fun, right? You're enjoying it? taking my words out of context. No, no, let him finish. I got it. Now please go ahead. Go ahead. That was awesome. No, but no, you took my oh. you took my words a little. Um, of course, I'm having fun. Come on now. After the hell that we've been through for the past five years, I'm loving it. I just think I just think that the way the the NFL is, you know, a, a bounce of the ball here, a bounce of the ball there, and you never know. You might be in the NFC Championship. You, you never know. But eventually, this this eventually this receiving core. It's gonna catch up with us. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I mean, Howard knows more football than me. But what do you guys? think? All right, All right, Howard. Thank you, Wilson. Uh, please uh, listen in uh, after we uh, allow you to go, so he's, and here, Howard will here, finish up with the answer. Here's what it is. First off, if anyone would have told you that we'd be, what are we, 7-2 and two or whatever it is right now, you'd be like, I'd take that. I'll take that twice. There's no way this team's going to be 7-2. and two. If anyone would have said that you could do be 7-2 and two with the salary cap restraints that you have right now, you, I'll take that. If you would have told you that Dan, Daniel Jones was going to be player of the week and – and Saquon is going to be player that may be up for the maybe up for for the MVP. You'd be like, I'll take that. If anyone would have told you that the defense, as constituted after letting Blake Blake go, that oh they're going to be great, and I'm like, you would have took it. So all the things that have happened, and, and the way they construct the team, and the way they can find players on teams that I, people you don't even know, they're, they're catching passes. You have to look it up. Like, okay, where's what school's he from? Where is he? And like, they're not even on. Sometimes they're not even on the shot sheet. One on the sideline, and you can find players like that. And this coaching staff is able not just to find them because we've had this happen because of necessity in, the, in years past because so many people got hurt. And I said, and it was ugly. Yeah, but uh, like I said, this was the first week no one left the field injured, and to have all these different players and bodies show up and contribute and be not just serviceable but be good, that's magical. Now, as for not making a big trade to go for it all this year, I would say that no offense to, you know, uh, regimes of the past, but there was a ransom paid for all the guys that we have now. And the ransom was paid to win a Super Bowl because we thought we had Super Bowl or, you know, big-time playoff potential then. Coach gets fired. GM's gone. Still got some of those players here. But there was nothing more than the three-game wins or four-game win seasons and high draft picks from there. So, yeah, we're having a magical moment now. Joe did not rob the team of anything. If anything, you would say is that Joe has created a magical situation, bringing this coaching staff together and finding little hidden nuggets, no matter where you look, that can be contributors to this team. By the way... Uh, we always talk about how coaches cannot stand issues with ball security. Amari Rogers has just been cut by the Green Bay Packers, according to NFL Network. He has four fumbled punts this season <laughs> and five total fumbles for the campaign. He was a former third-round pick in his second NFL year, and uh, the fumbles have now cost him his job, at least momentarily. It, it, it will it'd be hard for someone to pick him up. Fumbles are not usually yeah, you can't You can't give the ball to the other team under any circumstance. That, that's not how it happens. Mike from Brooklyn is on line two. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Well, very how good, are you? Very good. I'm doing okay. Um, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, Paul, I, I called on Friday. If I'm not mistaken, we had a, a call similar to that 
last call about <laughs> trading away trading away our draft, futures future because we're picks. six and two or yeah. seven and two. It and, might have been uh, Wilson who actually made that call because I do remember him. He, he said it was him, yeah. And he was very uh, insistent upon pulling the trigger. He's like, he's like, he wants, yeah. He wants to be like the Rams. The Rams won a Super Bowl. They they did it, and now it's over. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why we can't why we can't enjoy both. Why can't we just enjoy this season like it is, and let the man who's the architect, uh, Joe Shane, let him do what he's got to do. Next year, I don't understand the the problem. We're seven and two. We seem to have a formula for winning with the players we have and a great coaching staff. So I, I just don't get it. Um, the reason the reason I'm calling um, all all throughout the the bye week, the uh, talking heads and all the the reporters were asking, can the Giants maintain? Uh, continue winning the rest of the year the way they've won the first half of the year. And I'm like, I don't get the question because every game is different. Every team is different. And if they, like yesterday, they ran the ball 47 times, threw the ball 17 times. Maybe next uh, against the Lions, it, it changes. But the players are who win the game, it's not the, I mean, yeah, it is a scheme and everything, but I don't see why we can't continue doing what we've been doing and being successful. Uh, it's just it, it's a different opponent. You attack every every opponent differently. I know this coaching staff does, and they're doing a hell of a job offensively and defensively. So I I, I don't get that uh, you know that line of questioning. Can we do it every week? Every week is a different week. It's a, you start off and you want to be one and zero and that's 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 basically what I wanted to say. I just don't understand okay. the the logic. Mike, I I understand your point, and thank you. Please call again, Howard. How many times did you hear during the Bo Parcells Ron Earhart era <laughs> that the Giants were boring? The Giants were just a run oriented plod through the mud kind of team, and people used to scream about, well, why don't they open it up more? How many how many titles? How many titles did that team win? Uh, Two. Let's let's do it this way. And I'm I'm not beating on anybody in the media because I'm in the media. That's what we're doing. We're having a media session. Yes. Media is prisoner of the moment. They they care about what's happening right now. They're the hot take of the of the moment. If you watch ESPN, NFL Network, if you watch any other of the sports stations, you're going to hear them say this. Uh, they're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes. They're going to talk about Tua. They're going to talk about. Uh, Allen and, and how they throw the ball and how great they are. And they're going to talk about uh, uh, Rodgers and they're going to talk about Brady and throwing the ball, throwing the ball. Justin Herbert. Oh, my God, getting the ball down the field. What an arm on these guys. These guys got cannons. And they're going to talk about how great these passing games are. But then when the games happen and these teams lose, they're going to question why these guys are throwing the ball when they have leads. Why are these guys not sticking with the run to control the game. Why are these guys not doing X? You can't have both. You can't do the hot take of throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and then not appreciate run the ball. You just saw Dak Prescott pass happy Dallas, who they had Cooper, whatever his name was, Rush, couldn't, no one really knew who the guy was. Like insurance salesman back there, they ran the ball every down, they won games. All of a sudden they get Dak back, they want to throw it. You were winning running the ball. You watch Aaron Rodgers the other night run the ball only, I mean, pass the ball only like 18, 19 times and win the game. You have to understand that you need things that can travel. You can build off your, you can build off your running game. You can do a whole lot of passes. When the, when players start stepping eight to 10 yards from the line of scrimmage, trying to get tighter and tighter to prevent you from running the ball, everybody starts to get open. And that's the difference. If you run the ball well, everybody's open. If you're forced to pass, then everybody's a great pass rusher. And that's the big difference. And and great pass rushers are a lot more frequent than you think when you're throwing the ball over 25 times a game. And, Howard, let's not forget that every offensive lineman will tell you it's much more conducive to rhythm and also to be easier for your offense to function when you run the ball. Offensive lines love to run block. The they reason, don't love to pass block. I tell people this all the time. Offensive you line, want to be attacking. 
Offensive linemen like to run block if they're going forward. Yes. It's hard. The guy that's going forward has the best opportunity. They, they attack drop, the line of if scrimmage. If you're dropping back and sliding and shuffling, you're trying to prevent somebody from going forward at a full speed sprint instead of like mauling them and moving them against their will. That's how it looks. And I'm like, I, I love it. If the Giants go through the season playing the way they're playing, catching like pass here, pass there, throwing maybe if they keep it under, if they keep it under 23 passes a game, they're going to be in every game and have a chance to win every week. When they have to go to 30 passes, that means they're behind and they're trying to catch up. We have a couple of minutes left to the program. So, uh, Howard, I think it's appropriate while, while our, our lines are open. Maybe we can get a quick call in at 201-939-4513. I'll get a quick one in if you guys want to dial it up. But let me ask you a quick question while I have a second. The Giants' tight end situation, they believe that Daniel Bellinger will be back soon. He had his facial surgery. Mm-hmm. The eye's healing well. They don't have a timetable yet, but they do mm-hmm. think he's coming back relatively soon. At the same time, the other day, Lawrence Cager came up off the practice squad and caught a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hudson threw a block on the Darius Slayton mm-hmm. long catch-and-run touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myrick, well, he was a little bit less involved than the other two guys. But how do you see the Giants' tight end position in the immediate future until they can get Bellinger back? They're, they're going to do pretty good. You know, the thing that, that you have to think about the tight end position uh, for the team right now is that also Gates is playing tight end. And you're, yeah, not, and you're not really very thinking true. about that. Gates and the other three offensive linemen are playing tight end, and they're moving road grading. The hope is, is that one of these other guys, uh, whether it's Gates, Gage, or, or whoever, can be the inline blocker as well. And you don't have to like bring every big man that you have left on the team out on the field, so it can look more, you know, dual threat sort of. If you're running, they can't stop you. More power to you. But if you want to be, you know, that whole like, okay. Are they going to pass it? Like it's going. I can't wait for Gates to catch a pass. It's going to happen. You think so? Oh yeah, Gates or Gates or one of these other big guys is going to catch a pass. Matthew Parrott got activated this past yeah. week, and he played a handful of snaps. Now remember, he was a basketball player when he yeah. got to UConn. Very athletic. One, I would bet he's got a chance one, more than Gates to catch a pass. The, one of these big guys are going to catch a pass. They're going to everybody. There's going to be like twenty guys at the line of scrimmage. So even 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 the referees are going to be trying to make a play. And they're going to stand up and they're going to hand them, them throwing the ball. It's going to be probably in the red area, or close to the goal line. It's going to be a touchdown for a big guy. But that's what happens when you're when you're doing this. Like you just got to keep pressing. And the tight end position is 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 really fluid here on the team because yeah, you got Gage that can fly down the field, but he used to be a receiver. You're not going to put him in line blocking all the time. He's going to try. Yeah, Cager knows what he is. He's going to try to block, but he's not going to be that guy that you can depend on to get that block right. or seal somebody or, or do whatever. So the further you move him outside, you know, like if it's, all right, I got a guy in line blocker, I got a wing, uh, a flood guy, and I got one more guy right here, he's probably going to get his block. Yeah. If you got to move him one step in, it's going to be a little bit harder because that dude's going to be bigger. If you put him in put his hand in the dirt – it's going to be real hard because that dude's way bigger than he is. So that's the further away from the, the line of scrimmage from the center you, he gets, the better his blocking is going to be. Remember, they threw a touchdown pass to Andrew Thomas last year. I know. I know. <laughs> My money's on Matthew Perry. So it's going to be, I think so, he's the guy so, that's going to get the pass. So that's what I think the tight ends – as, as far as – just so people know, and I'm not a doctor or anything, but when you fracture your, when you fracture your, your orbital thing uh, – it is very, very hard to do anything. You you can't put pressure on your body, meaning like you, even like getting up fast, it's, it's pressure on your eye socket. And I think the surgery makes it better healing, but it's a very, very tenuous, just very, you gotta be careful with that. So he, he, whatever amount of time he's down until it heals, he's down. Like he's like really, really down. So mm-hmm. when he comes back, don't expect a whole lot. And that's just true. He'll he'll have to get himself back in shape. You can't run. You can't ride the bike. Right. You can't do anything. It's not you can't go swimming. You can't do anything that's considered cardio to get your heart rate up. That yep. that's just the way that injury is. So he has to sit through, sit down, and he'll be coming back from everything when he comes back. Howard Cross, always good to see you. Thanks for the time today. No problem, Paul. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcasts. For Howard Cross, I'm Paul Dottino. Remember, this program is live every weekday from 1230 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And again, you can always catch us on the archive. So long, everybody. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.